Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is April 24th, 2023. Anno Domini. Today's sub story, the United States stopped Ukraine from attacking Russia on the war anniversary. We're going to break it all down next. CCP ambassador coming out and saying that ex-Soviet states are not real countries. And finally, big international stuff today, folks. Behind the collapse of Sudan, what does this have to do with a Russian naval Port on the Red Sea. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Yesterday marked 11 months since Russia's brutal full scale invasion of Ukraine. <clears throat> 11 months in which Ukrainian people have showed Putin and the world the full force of their courage and the indomitable determination to live free. And through every single step of this horrific war, the American people have been strong and unwavering in their support. And Democrats and Republicans in Congress have stood together. The United States has worked in lockstep with our allies and partners around the world to make sure the Ukrainian people are in the strongest possible position to defend their nation, their families, and against the brutal, the truly brutal aggression of Russia. I haven't seen the likes of this in a long time. The United States and Europe are fully united. So massive report that just came out last night. Now, of course, we have to take this with a grain of salt because it comes to us via the Washington Post. And remember, folks, we talked about this last week when it came to the whistleblower from Discord. So the Discord whistleblower, that was an unauthorized leak. That guy, they ran the book at him. They threw the book at him. They uh, arrested him on live TV with cameras overhead, full theatrics on display. But look at this. Now in the Washington Post, we have an authorized leak. So there's a new authorized leak, according to Intel, according to the Intel. Listen to this, because what the Washington Post is putting out is, I think what we're actually seeing is a, a CYA leak because there was information that came out in those discord leaks that the U.S. government didn't want the Ukrainians to know and that the U.S. government definitely didn't want Russia to know because it showed a few things. It showed, number one, the U.S. government knew that the war in Ukraine is not going along as swimmingly and easily as the U.S. has called for. They, they act like it's uh, everything's, you know, uh, horseshoes and roses and rainbows, but it's not. I mean, the original rainbows, not the new ones. And instead, Ukraine is not, this thing has turned into a quagmire. It's turned into an absolute quagmire. And so what do we see here? At U.S. behest, Ukraine held off on anniversary attacks on Russia. Kiev's head of military intelligence planned bold strikes deep behind enemy lines that unnerved officials in Washington. So the narrative on this is that the U.S. was pulling Ukraine back, all right? And keep in mind, this is their narrative. Remember, the first anniversary of Ukraine, and, and I'll admit that we all expected something to happen, right, on that first anniversary. And it looks as though the Russians from their side, remember, they're the ones who shortened their, uh, their supply lines. They're the ones who moved back to hardened positions, moved their forces back. They're still in Ukraine, but instead of giving those extended supply lines, extended front lines. They moved everything back. They hardened up their defenses because it seemed as though they were acting as if some offensive were coming to place 
from the Ukrainians, at least over the winter. We're also hearing this in the spring. And it just seemed timing wise that the one year anniversary would be a the obvious time to do that. Well, it turns out that that's exactly what the Ukrainians were planning. A major general, the head of Ukraine's intelligence directorate, instructed one of his officers, quote, to get ready for mass strikes on the 24th of February with everything we have, according listen to this, according to a classified report from the U.S. National Security Agency. Officials even used about a sea-based strike in the Black, Black Sea port city of Novorossiysk, a largely symbolic operation that would nevertheless demonstrate Ukraine's ability to heat deep inside enemy territory. Back inside Washington, officials were secretly monitoring the Ukrainians' plans. The White House had long worried that attacks inside Russia, so they were planning to attack inside of Russia, could provoke an aggressive response from the Kremlin. On February 22nd, two days before the anniversary, the CIA circulated a new classified report. Quote, the Ukrainians had agreed with Washington's request to postpone strikes. The documents part of a trove. So this is part of the discord trove that we're now looking at. Uh, they don't explain precisely who interceded and why the Ukrainians agreed to stand down, but they offer a broader specific example of tensions that has characterized much of the war. Ukraine, eager to bring the fight to Russia's home turf, is sometimes restrained by the United States. This is where the Washington Post is coming to CIA mode, which has tried to avoid escalating the conflict into direct fight between the U.S. and Russia forces. And yet mysterious explosions and drone strikes seem to happen in Russia. And so we know they've done this. We know that Ukraine's and Ukrainian forces have gone in and conducted strikes in Russia, as well as targeted assassinations. If you remember, the SBU was trying to take out this guy, Alexander Dugin, and he ended up switching cars at the last minute um, when he was, I believe it was in Moscow. And then his daughter was driving his car. He was riding with somebody else. The car blew up. It had a car bomb. So a vehicle borne IED. This is Al Qaeda level stuff that blew up the car, but that was intended for Dugan. That was actually his car, but he left this dinner in another car. His daughter drove his car. His daughter was killed. Now, some people say she was targeted, but it never really made much sense to me. Uh, obviously, this guy is much more well known. Um, the, the Western press tries to refer to Dugan as Putin's brain. That was done right in Moscow, right in the heart of everything. And so the fact that the U.S. government is trying to pull Ukraine back is something that should give us all pause. And the fact that the Washington Post wants to play that up should give us all pause as well. Are we seeing the Biden administration? We've been saying that for weeks here on Human Events. Is the Biden administration trying to pull back Ukraine from Russia? We'll see. Friends, it's hard to trust anyone or anything these days, but our most important institutions are being systemically destroyed. Are you prepared for the worst? True freedom com comes with having self-reliance, and that means having a solid supply of emergency food on hand. Right now, My Patriot Supply is knocking $200 of their popular three-month emergency food kit. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and grab this special price before it ends. Your three-month emergency food kit provides over 2,000 calories each day for optimal strength and energy in stressful situations. Best of all, it's delicious. Your entire family will love it. Enjoy a wide variety of breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks. Listen, you'll be very glad to have this food when disaster strikes. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and save $200 on each kit your family needs. Be sure to get one kit per person. Don't put off your preparedness any longer. Tomorrow may be too late. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now, MyPatriotSupply.com. 
China's role as a mediator in the Russia-Ukraine war has come under the scanner. This after remarks by a Chinese diplomat on post-Soviet nations and on Crimea sparked a controversy. The comments drew sharp reactions from multiple nations in Europe and from Ukraine as well. They also raised questions on whether China has a neutral stance, which it claims to have on the war. Now, the comments were made by China's ambassador to France, Lu Sheyi. He was speaking to a French TV channel where he questioned the sovereignty of post-Soviet states. He said that these states do not actually have the status of independent nations, adding that there is no international agreement to materialize their sovereign status. Well, 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 the CCP is up to their new coalition yet again. So this is probably the closest that we've seen with the CCP ambassador suggesting that ex-Soviet states aren't real countries. This is the closest that we've seen to China essentially co-opting not only Russia's uh, goals in Ukraine, the, the war in Ukraine. Of course, we've also heard Xi Jinping call for peace. But this is probably the closest that we've seen for the first time the CCP echoing Russia's position on the Ukraine war. Because, of course, this is the same thing that Vladimir Putin said immediately prior to that one year, uh, one year ago invasion of Ukraine when he said, we're not invading Ukraine. We are retaking former Russian territory that was part of ours. And by the way, places where the people in the people who currently live there wish to become part of Russia. And in some of those areas like the East, some of those areas like Crimea, um, that's exactly what bore out on the ground. And so they're calling it, um, so listen to this, this is a, uh, uh, from Zero Hedge, China is quickly trying to backtrack calling statements of one of its ambassadors merely personal views after a firestorm was set off in Europe, resulting in outrage, a tit-for-tat response, including the summoning of ambassadors. Uh, China's ambassador to France, Lu Xiaoye, sparked anger in Europe during a French interview by questioning the sovereignty of former Soviet republics. His controversial response was that Crimea belongs to Russia historically and that it had been handed over to Ukraine. But, quote, even these countries of the former Soviet Union do not have an effective status in international law because there are no international agreements that would specify their status as sovereign countries. Now, I don't know. Now, of course, people are going to talk about Crimea. People are going to talk about the Donbass. But you have to understand what he's referring to here. You have to understand why someone from China would say that, not only in the sense of this broader um, alliance that we've talked about before of China and Russia, driving them together. The stupidest thing that the U.S. Uh, establishment could ever do is to take the country with the largest population and the country with the most nuclear warheads and then drive them into alliance together against us, right? Obviously, the stupidest thing, the most important purpose for American foreign policy for a hundred years prior to this was keeping them isolated. So during World War II, the U.S. aligned with the Soviet Union to defeat Germany, right? So it was a, a, a triangulation to defeat Germany, to defeat a separate enemy. Then during the Cold War, what did the U.S. do? Shifted allegiance. This is through Nixon. This is through Kissinger. Shifted the allegiance where the U.S. and the Soviet Union were now competitors. So the U.S. used China, flipped them 
and made China aligned with the United States. So it was the U.S. and China against the Soviet Union. Yet what happened after that? Well, the outgrowth of that was China becoming massively powerful, extremely overpowered, uh, this dark and evil deal that was done between the globalists, the elites, and the United States between the U.S. and China after the events of Tiananmen Square. I sound like a broken record because I hear this at least three times a week on the show here. But you need to understand that because nobody else is putting the pieces together the way we are here at Human Events Daily. Then the U.S. and China suddenly began being aligned against each other. But here's the trick. Then the U.S. also began demonizing Russia, also began Russiagate, began uh, the lies on the Ukraine phone call again and again and again, the collusion between uh, Hillary Clinton, the Clinton Foundation, Joe Biden, Biden family, Hunter Biden, Burisma, et cetera. Um, the Maidan coup, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, under Barack Obama with, of course, Victoria Nuland, who we're going to be talking about in Sudan in just a minute. So now this aligns Russia with China in a block against the United States. So now the Eastern Bloc has become a parallel adversary and a parallel system to the current U.S. economic system. But, but. Why would the CCP also want to talk about these historic areas? I'll tell you why. Because if you know someone who spent any time in China or focused on China, you know that this is the exact same argument that the CCP uses for Taiwan, for Tibet, for Xinjiang, for Hong Kong, for every single area of Hong Kong, of China. They claim, and particularly with, with Tibet and Xinjiang, uh, these are areas that do not have ethnic Han Chinese, that do that were not historically part of China under really any epoch other than the, the Yuan dynasty, which was the Mongol Empire. So yes, the Mongols ruled these areas of Xinjiang and Tibet along with China, but that's also because it was the Mongolian Empire, all right, under Genghis Khan. That had nothing to do with the current state of China today. The same way that the People's Republic of China never once had sovereignty over Taiwan and, of course, only attained sovereignty over Hong Kong in 1997. And so this has always been, though, the CCP's argument for its control of these areas. So what are they doing? What is he doing? And of course, they, you know, I think what essentially happened here is he's uh, said the quiet part out loud. And that's why he's getting slapped down a little bit. He said the quiet part out loud that internally the CCP agrees with Russia that Ukraine Belarus, many other countries that were part of that former Soviet like Kazakhstan, okay, which is also a border state with China, do not have full sovereignty because they are under Russian influence. Now, historically, linguistically, etc., you can talk about these things, but it's also to backstop their arguments for Tibet, Xinjiang, where all the Uyghurs are in camps, and of course, their eventual, what I've called, assimilation of Taiwan. It's coming. You better believe it's coming. And this guy only got in trouble because he said it out loud. Tonight, a glimmer of hope for some Americans trapped in Sudan. Following eight days of violence and bloodshed. The Sudanese military announcing the United States, Britain, France and China will evacuate their diplomats and citizens by air with military transport aircraft belonging to their armed forces from Khartoum. 
Saudi Arabia completing the first civilian evacuations this morning, rescuing more than 150 of its own citizens and those of other countries, first by caravan and then by ship. While officials familiar with the planning say the Biden administration is leaning towards evacuating the roughly 70 U.S. government personnel in Khartoum, today the Pentagon saying they're preparing for various contingencies but declining to talk about potential operations. There are more than 16,000 other Americans currently sheltering in place, including Rebecca Winter's sister-in-law, a teacher in the capital city of Khartoum. She's now hiding with her infant daughter. Why is it that anywhere Victoria Newland goes, eventually civil war, conflict, murder, strife, and all the rest follow along? Well, just like we saw in the Maidan Revolution, 2014, the last time Victoria Newland was in office, because we've, for some reason, outsourced all of American foreign policy to her, to this insane woman. Now, Victoria Newland, who just about one year ago was in Sudan, suddenly all of Sudan is completely falling apart. And we've got this article right here from Breitbart. Another Kabul citizens feel abandoned as diplomats are airlifted out of Sudan. Western nations are rushing to it. This is the third, as far as I can tell, embassy evacuation of of the Biden administration. Western nations are rushing to evacuate their embassy staff as a struggle for power between rival military factions and testifies. Still, some voices concerned lessons from the chaotic evacuation of Kabul have not been heeded. The US, the UK, Japan, France, Germany, and Italy are among Western countries who have extracted embassy staff from Sudan over the weekend, a major logistical feat in a surging conflict. So what are the three? Remember, Kabul, Kiev, and now Sudan, uh, the country, the city is Khartoum. So the, the airport has, has seen fighting. The runway has been damaged. The U.S. conducted a military operation that special forces uh, to extract government personnel. But unfortunately, the citizenry seems to have been, for, been forgotten yet again. What is the point of all this? Well, I mean, you read some of this stuff and it's it's insane. Uh, for, listen to it. So Sudan, and if we can do a map break to show people exactly where Sudan is and why it matters, Sudan is immediately adjacent to the Red Sea, directly across from Saudi Arabia. The timeline is in in February of this year, Sudan agreed to a Russian naval base on the Red Sea. Then, of course, just one year ago, Victoria Nuland was visiting Sudan, calling for democracy. We need more democracy. And she was meeting with the African Union uh, Commissioner Bankole Adioye to discuss our joint commitment to advance peace and security in the Horn and throughout Africa, including dem- democratic transition in Sudan, stabilization in Somalia, and peace and humanitarian access in Ethiopia. Peace and humanitarian access. Yes, if there's anything that Victoria Newland is so associated with, it's the outbreak of peace. She's definitely not associated with Libya. She's definitely not associated with the regime change operation in Syria that went on under her watch. And she's certainly not associated with anything that went on in that that pristine and wonderful, peace-loving country that we all know of Ukraine. Yeah, Victoria Nuland's got a really strong record when it comes to peace. When you look at Ukraine, the thing that was on fire during the first time she was there and then completely erupted the second time she came back. Great job, Victoria Nuland. Basically, if you're a country anywhere in the world, particularly in the global south or in the third world, and and you know that Victoria Nuland is coming, just leave. 
just get, don't let her come. Just tell the airplane to turn away. Just say, no, no, not her. She's not allowed in. Deny her, deport Victoria Newland immediately. And, um, you know, Victoria Newland should obviously be arrested. So what's going on? Apparently, the government of, of Sudan has agreed to a Russian naval base, or at least a presence, on the Red Sea, right there across from Saudi Arabia. Now, this goes, this goes in conjunction with what? What we were just talking about, the rise of the Eastern Bloc. And Africa, just like in the Cold War, is seen as one of these sort of power leverage positions within the world where you're seeing this play out. Of course, this will give them, uh, they'll give them access to the Red Sea, give them access to the massive amounts of, of shipping, uh, commercial traffic, oil traffic that goes through there. And of course, it will give Russian, the Russians access to a greater part of the global, uh, of global sea commerce. Now, keep in mind, that's also one of the reasons that Russia was so clear and so direct in maintaining the Assad presidency or Assad rule in Syria, because they do the exact same thing at Latakia, Syria, at Tardis. They have the naval presence there. Russia is a land power. Any access, warm water port access that they can get is absolutely critical for Russia. And so for them to expand their influence throughout the Middle East, throughout Central Asia, and now coming into Africa, uh, when you look at that ability for the Red Sea, it 100% makes sense. This is the same reason, by the way, that you saw under under Hillary Clinton, all the celebrities, George Clooney, everyone going to Sudan. It's all the Darfur, the Darfur, the Darfur. You don't even hear about the Darfur anymore. It was all an influence operation. You need to understand this. You need to see these psyops when they're coming. Oh, the Darfur. They don't care about Darfur. They care about oil. They care about shipping. They care about power. That's what these care these people care about. They are greedy, naked uh, imperialists, and that's exactly what it's about. And so. Here's how the U.S. policy, in a nutshell, plays out in Africa. So the U.S. comes in and demands that an African regime, whichever one it is, uh, do exactly as they say, or they will fund a rebel group to come up, or in this case, use parts of the military to go up and launch a coup of this, the current government. If the current government doesn't like that government, what will they do? Well, now the Russians come in. And they'll say, we're going to hire Wagner Group and we're going to use them to kill all the people of that other rebel group or that other military faction that the Americans are funding. That's what you see going on here on the ground. This is destabilization of a regime. This is destabilization. They're attempting a regime change operation right now as we speak in Sudan because this is American imperialism. Because America doesn't want to attain great nation status. America wants to be a global superpower and is willing under the globalist American empire. And keep in mind, when I say America, I mean the current administration, the current regime, the globalist American empire, the same regime that, that arrested President Trump, the, shame, the same regime that uh, is pushing out every single political dissident, going after them, uh, going after media like Fox News or we saw Tucker. Um, Tucker's show ended abruptly earlier today. Keep in mind, if you don't believe that we are living under regime, you are not paying attention. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission. Stay short. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief.